Welcome to Shopcast, a weekly podcast where we answer questions about some of the most important values of the growing prayer movement in Canada. My name is Emily, and joining me today, as always, is Brian Creary, Director of Sanctuary House of Prayer in Winnipeg, and also my dad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so last episode, we talked about abiding in the definition of it. And we mentioned abiding in the prayer room, but we didn't really get to it yet. So um, I want to ask, how do we do that? How do we abide in the prayer room? How does it relate to the activity that we do in the prayer room? Okay. So when Jesus said, abide in me, uh, remain in me, apart from me, you can do nothing. He Obviously, he meant that in all of our lives, in every minute of every day, not just for uh, the times that you're in the prayer room. However, the prayer room as it exists now, going back even a few episodes to the question of, you know, why devotional sets and why not just intercession all the time? The prayer room provides a place where we can really connect with the Lord and go deep in him. It's uninterrupted time. It's focused on communing with uh, his presence, uh, you know, with the Holy Spirit who is present living within you that can lead you into truth. It's times to um, be an anointed worship and uh, teams as they play music and as they worship the Lord and minister to him. All of that is a the context of the prayer room. So there's a, a sort of a natural set a set apart place for people to come to not only ask for things on behalf of their city, but also to just go deep in God for themselves. I would say that those things are probably equally important, and that's a bit of a paradigm shift for people because they think, no, you go into the prayer room to contend, you know, rah, you know, revival and break in, Lord, and yeah, but the other side is the equal balance to it. Apart from him, you can do nothing. There's a real communion and connection with his heart that's important. And, you know, we're, we're fooling ourselves if we think that somehow we're doing the work by interceding. We go in and we ask for things, and then, you know, there, we did it all, and now God has to respond, or or we're even in equal partnership. We're in partnership, but he's doing the real work. The revival comes because he pours out his spirit, and the revival comes because he releases power, but we do part of it in that we pray. And so, to be in connection or communion with him and to know his heart and to move with him is is really indispensable. So, the prayer room becomes this place where this is what you do, and you know, the the devotional sets that we have now are really set aside to sing really to him, love songs of our heart, and to connect with him in that meaningful way so that our hearts become soft and tender to him. And we we feel the emotions that he has for us. And we, we just really become lovers of Jesus and not just workers. I mean, how critical is that in the long haul? I mean, you're, you're a young lady, you're only in your early 20s. So, You're figuring it out, but even in your short journey, you already know the difference between being driven to work versus being one that can just enjoy his love and his communion, and that's so much more empowering. I mean, I love, you know, Mike Pickle and IHOP and KC says a a lover is going to outwork a worker every time because you're motivated by a completely different thing. So in our prayer room, we set aside these times and we say, come and abide with Jesus Take the time and set aside that time and focus your heart on this in the sets that are for that. When it's time to intercede, we like to encourage everybody to put their stuff down, even to stand up and to really pray and ask for the things that are that uh, we're praying for. But in those times when we're not doing that, like now you got tons of room to just really press into him and connect with his heart. So what does abiding look like in our prayer room? 
I'm going to ask you first. You tell me where you think the easiest ways or the best best sort of on-ramps to connecting with his heart are in our current flow of the program. Well, worship with the word, like obviously singing all the songs and stuff in all the sets, not just worship with the word, but with that one, like opening your Bible to the passage that they're singing in the second half and like Mm -hmm. following along with them and intercession, like standing up, engaging, praying Mm -hmm. on rapid fire, like really following along with Mm -hmm. the team instead of being so disconnected because it doesn't help the team because I lead intercession and if the You're room doing great, isn't, by the way. oh, thanks. <laughs> but if the room isn't connected, and I can feel that, like they're doing their own thing, I know that intercession is like it's for the Lord anyway. But it is like for the room too. Mm-hmm. Like yep. we need the room yep. for sure. So if I can like feel that they're not participating, then it's harder for mm-hmm. me and my team to do it. Sure. But I mean, aside from even the dynamics of your team and how it's working and stuff, it's not better for anyone if they're not finding a way in which they can connect with God in a meaningful way. So go go back over what you just said. So you started with worship songs Mm -hmm. and then you went to Bible passages. These are all just things that are presented right in front of us that Mm -hmm. are ways in which we can find his heart and his mind and agree with him. Worship songs, they're great. I mean, sing them. It's not complicated. (laughs) Sing songs to the Lord from your heart, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's a great song that expresses that his, you know, his love endures forever or his, he is holy and glorious and awesome. Sing the songs, Mm -hmm. let your heart and your mind connected to them. And they were written for us to guide us along towards what is true. Mm -hmm. Singing in the spirit is something we do in every set, every, every worship cycle. There's a block of time where people will sing in the spirit. Let your prayer language arise from from your spirit and sing along and even though you don't know exactly what you're singing let it let it engage with your spirit so that you sing to the lord in this way and then the bible passages because you you used to lead a worship of the word set Mm -hmm. i mean we literally take passages from the bible and we sing through them we sing through them in a way that we don't just sing the language of it you know the lord is my shepherd i shall not want but we then sing creatively around it and then we sing prayerfully and then we sing prophetically, we, we're musical about it, we're antiphonal, we sing one to another. I mean, these are all ways in which a person could come along with what's being sung that is scriptural and agree with it and sing along with them and let your heart rise to it. If somebody is singing, the Lord is my shepherd, he cares for me uh, like a shepherd cares for the sheep, he is always watching, he's always caring, he makes sure that my needs are met, and I'm sitting in the in the room, I'm going to respond in my heart by saying, yes, Lord, it's true, you are my shepherd, you do care for me. And I might go off for a second and I might say, well, you know, except what happened this week, that was kind of difficult. And then the Lord will probably whisper in my ear and go, I was caring for you then too, you know. Oh, that's true, Lord. You care for me all the time. It's just me. I don't trust you. And we'll have a meaningful conversation about it and I'll repent for 30 minutes and then I'll come back to the set. <laughs> but, you know, that's what happens in the prayer room, right? He's he's near. He's talking. He's, he's winning our hearts with things that are true scripturally and worship songs that pull our hearts into him. It's, a, it's just this dedicated space allows us to find him and to abide in him. There's another part to it, though, that's really essential. And it's just another way of thinking about abiding. Sometimes we think about abiding as just being with him. And yeah, there's that's obviously of central importance because to not know him at all is 
just faulty logic right from the beginning. I don't even know what you think like. I don't know what you what you want. I'm not even sure I believe in you half the time. Well, we have a long way to go. But even if you do have all those things in place, we're shooting for something more. We're we're after agreement because it's not enough to just say, well, you're you're kind of interesting in the way that you lead and you do things a certain way and I kind of like hanging out with you. I'm not going to ever do any of those things or I I have lots of issues with the way you lead. I hear that one lots. People will say, I don't know about the way the Lord leads. I got issues with the way he does that. You know, I'm not sure I trust him in this situation or that situation. Or how come he hasn't done this or that? Or why is it taking so long? All of those things speak to the same uh, problem. We don't have agreement in our hearts with him. And so abiding in him, being the vine and the branches and connecting in that way really is about agreeing, about being able to say, okay, I see what you're doing. I see the heart that you have for us. I don't understand why it's working the way it does, but I'm, I am fully in agreement with you. You are a perfect leader. And if you're not a perfect leader, it's me that has to change because you, you really are that. I got to see it right. I've got I've to come closer to you so that I understand what you're really like. So the prayer room just becomes this place where we seek and find agreement with his heart. And my guess is, Emily, even in your days, you have come in at times. I know I've done this. I bet you've done this too. You've made your way into the prayer room and something was weighing heavily on your heart and you felt strong in your view. You felt strong maybe even in your accusation. You're like, I'm, I'm not happy right now and it's not working out and rah. And I don't want to go as far as to be mad at God because I know that's not right, but I kind of am. And you're just frustrated. I, I've dragged that into the prayer room too many times. I don't even want to admit it. And then over an interaction in the time with him, he starts to speak truth. And by the time you're done, you find yourself going, oh, it's me. I'm the problem. I'm not thinking rightly. You really are a perfect leader. I mean, can you relate to that? Oh, yeah. I was just thinking by the time you're done, you're realizing that. And then I'm like crying. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's exactly the point. Because after, then you have a good cry and you repent. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? You pick yourself up yeah, and you're one step or maybe numbers of steps mm-hmm. closer to actually agreeing with him and what he's like. Mm-hmm. And it actually moves you forward so that your heart gets tied to him in a meaningful way. I mean, what do we want at the end of the day? I want him. I don't want greatness. I don't want fame. I don't want tons of money or a big ministry. I don't want any of that stuff. I want him. And he's going, yeah, you know what? I want you to want me. And I, I want that connection. I want you to come near to me. And I'm producing this in you. So cry, repent, bring your bad attitudes, work it all out. But you're coming to get closer to me. And when you do, agreement is on the other end. And that is such a powerful, beautiful thing. I, let me tell you a story. In the early days, I was uh, trying to lead this house of prayer and we we were small and we were struggling because we didn't have enough resources. We didn't have enough people. We didn't have the right building. We just had lots of things. And uh, I was starting to really grumble and complain. I was coming in just about every Sunday with a bad attitude saying, come on, God, how come we're still here? How come there's not enough of this and not enough of that? And I felt justified in it, actually. I felt like you told me to do this. You called us to do this thing. And now you're not giving us what we need. Like, what's the deal? Like, now I'm having, I have a controversy with you and I expect you to answer me. And I had a lot to learn, apparently. So the problem was that if I carried that at all in my, if I actually said it out loud or if I let anybody in on it, it was like a virus. It was contagious. 
And everybody started complaining and grumbling and that went right through the whole community and we were not in a good space. So one Sunday morning, I'm preparing my sermon. I could picture it. I'm sitting there. I got my computer. I'm typing away something that I don't even remember about what it was. And suddenly he just breaks right into the middle of what I'm doing. And I hear a clear, clear, clear as a bell. He said, if you believe that I am not meeting your needs and that I have not uh, led you well and you have accusation or grumbling or complaining in your heart against me, you are saying I am a bad leader. I have done it poorly in the past, and you have problems with the way I've done it. If you are grumbling and complaining and you are unhappy with the way things are going now, it means that you do not trust me to be your leader going forward, and you feel like you could do a better job, and you are accusing me of being a bad leader. Is that what you want? It was so strong, and it was so clear. I mean, I heard it. I actually typed it out because I had my laptop in front of me, <laughs> and I typed the whole thing out like it was happening in real time, and, I'm, and I stared at it, and I thought... Oh, no, I don't want any of this. I am not saying this, Lord. This is not what I'm communicating. I don't believe that that you're a bad leader. How did I get here? It was terrifying. And then he said one more thing. He says, the way out of this is thankfulness. He says, you're not being thankful for what you have. All you're doing is complaining about what you don't have. And you're on the edge of telling me that you're going to do this by yourself. This is a bad idea. And so I immediately repented right on the spot because, again, I like a good a good uh, rebuke now and then. And I said, oh, Lord, no, no, no. I want to be in agreement with you. I Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the building. Thank you for the people. Thank you for the fact that this exists at all. Even as I was doing it, my heart started to soften. And I could just feel the, the you know, the, uh, the approval of the Lord in my posture and in what he was saying to me concerning my our life and our journey together. And I'm like, yeah, why am I complaining? Why am I so frustrated? He's the Lord. He's taking care of us. This is so great. We've got, we can't lose because we're just going to abide with him and it's all going to work out. And so I communicated it to our whole uh, community and let them know we all went up with it together. And we've never forgotten this, that the request of the Lord was, listen, come and agree with me. You got to agree with me. You got to be with me. And if you can't, I got a tool for you. Just start to be thankful. Just start to express some gratitude and watch and see what it does to your heart. You'll soon find me and you will agree with me in abiding in the Lord, in the vine, and connecting to him in a deep way will start to materialize. It'll be very powerful, and you'll go, go, go after that. Great. Well, our next episode is actually going to be a couple weeks away because this is going to be our last one for the year, and we'll be back in January. For those of you listening, you can find more on this topic and others on our website, sanctuaryhop.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.